big funding announcement coming today by the feds that is said to help deal with the growing opioid crisis across the country. 4,000, and that number going up every day, have died because of opioid use. And it's not just the people in the streets. We're talking kids, students, moms, dads, business people. It, it spares no one. And the governments have been very slow to react on this. Certainly in Ontario, they have been. And then when they do react, it's kind of all Band-Aid fixes. So today, the feds announced $71 million for provinces to access treatment. But the funding is only, you know, allocated to the provinces. And then they decide what to do with the money. And nowhere in the funding really does it kind of allocate money and say, hey, here's a long-term, you know, solution fund. It just seems that they only want to put money up for temporary injection sites. You know, and if you are one of those who has one in their community and you're dealing with this new problem, I mean, these safe injection sites, you know, as much as some people think they help, you know, and there's still a great debate about that, they bring a whole lot of problems along with them. I mean, you got to ask yourself, okay, so if all we're going to do is put money into kind of temporary safe injection sites because no one in government, you know, has an idea of how to fix this thing, how many of these sites are we going to be seeing? And how are we going to start dealing with the problems that are left behind? And, uh, you know, we're talking about, and I've spoken to them, I've had them on my show, people who have these sites that pop up and they're left behind with dirty needles, people shooting up or doing drugs in front of their homes, in their communities, around kids. All this garbage brings crime to the area. You know, they're not ideal. And politicians are going to have to deal with it at some point if this is the route that they're going. Or find places to put them that they can make sure that they're not going to bring this kind of thing, like a hospital somewhere. I want to bring in Steve Smith because he's very personally connected to this issue. His daughter, Ginny, would have turned 22 in July. He joins me now. Hi, Steve. Hey, Alex. How are you? This is a very personal issue for you. Well, it is. And uh, we've been working on this specific one regarding rehabs and safe injection sites, well, for a year now. Right. And uh, which way to go. Actually, I found the announcement in Toronto well, rather odd. That whole seventy-one million dollars is going to British Columbia, and they said maybe they'll talk about them later. So it was kind of like British Columbia had fourteen hundred deaths last year. If you look at Ontario, they had you know twelve hundred deaths last. Like both provinces need the help right. immediately, and so that was kind of strange. Well, would a safe injection site? given your personal experience with your daughter who went through this addiction, which sadly robbed her of her life, would a safe injection site have saved Ginny? No, it wouldn't. If she went there, she would have gone there just to get a clean needle and left. And a lot of her friends that I've gotten to know since then that, you know, suffer from addiction as well, if they go there, they just get a needle and go, you know, and just leave. The last place they want to shoot up is at the site, so... Doug Ford has been under fire for for a while now because he's opposed to safe injection sites. He has spoken about more permanent fixes. Where are you at on this issue? Well, we're pro-rehab. Like, I don't think that safe injection sites 
they're, they're not the answer at all because basically they're just, they're just a needle exchange and somebody can, you know, go to the safe injection site like on a Monday, not go there on a Friday and they're dead on a Friday. Like it's, a, it's, it's really, it doesn't accomplish anything. The end goal is to get the user into rehab. Right. You look like 50% of the people that are addicted right now want help and can't get help because of the, there's no real across the country. I mean, even in the States, there's no rehabs that are available that are affordable. And all these addicts, they need three months of really hardcore rehab was, to get where they need to be. Right, and was Ginny able to get into any kind of rehab program? I mean, what just for our listeners so they know, what was her story? No, she had just come to the realization and just applied, and I think they told her it was going to be like a three-month wait, three- to four-month wait at least to get into, into Which, a rehab, and she passed away while she was waiting. So she would have taken a hit. It did it. Was it a fentanyl? It was heroin and fentanyl. Right. So essentially, so, that three month wait was a death sentence. Yeah, definitely it was. You know, it's like addicts can't wait. <laughs> they get that urge or the addiction kicks in, and if it's a week or a month, they got to do it. You know, and it could be the deadly one that does it. So right. And so when you hear this debate and the argument going on about, you know, the evidence base that that safe injection saves lives, and given the experience you went through with your own daughter, what do you say? How do you see it? I could say it almost for the safe injection site. You could just put up a machine or you could put a quarter in and get a, you know, a clean needle out of it. You don't need a full-blown, expensive, safe injection site. Most of the money should go towards getting rehabs up and running. I know the Ford government, even during their campaign, that's what they said, you know, during their whole campaign. They haven't been in power, you know, long enough to get anything done at this point, but hopefully that's the way it's trending. And because uh, you got to get them in. The more people you get in, that 50% number, all of a sudden they see that they can actually go someplace. The number hopefully will go up to 60% because they see that hope at the end that's available to them. Yeah, I mean, I would inevitably like to see more rehab and immediate availability and have these sites set up where they're right beside the rehab so that you can have that option. Would you like to yeah. shoot up or would you like to go in that front door and get sober? Yeah, or even if they have to go to like to an emergency room, the hospital there, they could pick up needles there yeah. and sign in a number of times. So you can kind of gauge who's using what before they need some counseling before that they could get another needle. I mean, it's, there's no question it is an enormous fix, but it's also, I think, fairly straightforward that BC, which has been kind of at the epicenter of this crisis for, for well over a decade, I mean, it, it's not going away, and the safe injection sites have seemingly made it worse. And I know that your son, um, Scott, has been, you know, pretty active in back-and-forth dialogue with members of the feds, I think including Bill Blair, um, asking, you know, the feds to give more money. I mean, so this is pretty pretty personal for him as well. Hey. It was about maybe six, eight months ago. He was going back and forth, actually, with the finance minister, Bill Monroe's office, to get funding for rehabs. He knew full well, you know, that Ginny was on a waiting list and she couldn't get into a rehab. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted sent them emails asking them for money, and they would reply the first time he sent back a really long email, and Scott read it and went, "Well, he forgot to answer the question." So he sent him back another email are you going to be able to give money? And finally, a couple of weeks later, he replied and he says, well, you don't 
federal government can't give the money to any province. You know, once we do that, they can do whatever they want with the money. There's no specific thing we can tell them that they can use it for. But it, it does sound like the, the feds, though, are kind of picking a fight with Ontario because they know the stance of the Ford government and they are in support of, of the temporary fix instead of the long term. Well, they're using politics for addiction, which is ridiculous. And you can't. It's, you know, those are all 4,000 lies. are probably going to be 6,000 when they total up the numbers this year. And it's just like nobody hears about these people, but I kind of hear about them from people that I know that are involved with it. Mm-hmm. And they're every day all over the place. Yeah. And uh, say they die silently. Yeah. And nobody hears about it. And, uh, but it, it happens. It does. And it's a crushing, crushing blow because I guess for those left behind, it's like, who's going to come and, and help? Well, I thank you for sharing your story, your experience, and how you see the issue. Uh, I appreciate it, Steve. Yeah, I saw say like the harm reduction out in BC. They're big on it there, and it like that's doubled last year. So I don't know. There's yeah. got to be better alternatives, and rehabs is what it is. Yeah. All well, right. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. That is Steve Smith uh, joining us tonight. Look, he speaks from experience, and I know there's a whole lot of debate about this issue, but it is not getting better. It's just not getting better. And I just don't see how these sites, given more, will pop out. I just don't see how, over a long term, you're going to preserve a city like Toronto um, without running it into the ground if you just have a temporary fix. I just don't see it. On point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.